Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, we're talking about John Voight and all other things that go bump in the night. Especially John Voight. <laughs> and all the crazy looks he gives in the 1997 animal action Amazon alliteration movie. Mm. Oh, I lost it there at the end. Anaconda, starring Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, Eric Stoltz, and Jonathan Hyde. I have never seen this movie, and I might have gone into a fugue state, so I, I might still have not seen this movie. No, this you is remembered a, all this the is a buck, stuff. This is a buck wild movie. What the hell is this? Anaconda skin. It snakes after you this big? This skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed it has grown since then. But something like this has made a meal of our dear captain. What? Snakes don't eat people. Oh, they don't? Can I just say this? Mm-hmm. I hate snakes. Much like Indiana Jones, who was my childhood hero and the reason I wanted to be an archaeologist until the age of 13, maybe. I hate snakes. And so part of me at the very end of this movie was like, I hope I don't have nightmares tonight. <laughs> because I, I can I can handle so many things. I can watch so many things. I can do so many things. But I can't handle snakes. I, I'm with anything that slithers. I'm, I don't. I can't do it. Like, you ever been to the Natural History Museum near USC? No, I've um, never been inside it. It's great. It's a great museum. I don't know if they still have this, but they used to have a room that was dedicated to like reptiles, insects, and arachnids. And so it was basically a nightmare room of like snakes, spiders, and centipedes. Spiders? I don't care. You could put me in a coffin full of spiders. I'd be like, fine. Huh? Whatever. Okay. Challenge you know accepted. <laughs> Here's why. They have legs. I can count them. I know how those things move. But anything that like slithers, I can't do it. It just it freaks me out. And it always have. Did you see that video of the um, the Planet Earth video of the snake chasing the lizard? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When the lizard would like climb rocks and the snake would just go right after it. How does it do that? A snake's eyes aren't very good. But they can detect movement. So if the hatchling keeps its nerve, it may just avoid detection. It's just like one long tensillary muscle that I don't I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I don't trust it. I'll say, I'll say this. I think this might have triggered one of the biggest parts of my fear is when I was in high school, one of our student teachers came to our science class and she had done a summer study with this guy who catches snakes to study them somewhere, I think, near one of the Great Lakes. And so she is like a snake expert, and she brought in some of her own snakes to show us, and I watched a snake bite her. And it doesn't matter how little it is. It is the most – it is like the quickest, most intense thing and it's it's terrifying. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, we got to start talking about some news here. <laughs> By the time you hear this, mm-hmm. uh, which will be coming out on our our birthday, our name day, our name day, this podcast will be one years old. One years, one, one years, years old. old. <laughs> However, this news fresh off the presses for us, it's, it might be a little old for you guys, but mm-hmm. apparently, Sony has been making a secret Ghostbusters movie. Surprise. Directed by the original director, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, director of Up in the Air and Tully. And then they dropped a trailer, like a teaser a trailer. Teaser. And we had just talked about this With movie. With a premiere date. With, With a, a premiere, premiere date. date. Next summer, we are going to see a sequel to a the sequel. original Ghostbusters. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, literally like last month, we were talking about how Dan Aykroyd was getting all the fanboys all fucking all hot and up. all fucking lathered up. For like Ew. some more <laughs> Ghostbusters news, and then suddenly, boom! It's here. Here comes the dynamite. <laughs> A little ESPN <laughs> reference for you. Um, and then it's here. It's like announced, and I don't. I, it looks like production has at least not started, but maybe pre-production has been in the works for a while. Like, if we sound shocked, are you not surprised when you saw this? There is. They rebooted the series, what was this, two years ago? Featuring an all-female cast and some of the original Busters. (laughs) And now they're just adding – see, that. I think that's what confuses me the most is that it feels a little bit like we let the bad guys win. Oh, that's kind of interesting, yeah. 
Because there was so much outrage when female Ghostbusters was a thing. People being like, you're ruining the spirit of the first movie. You shouldn't do this. No. It was insane. And it feels a little bit by deciding to make a sequel to the originals that they're like, we have to give the people what they want. It's like you... The fan base actually succeeded in holding the franchise hostage. And we shouldn't – like I just don't think we should discount female Ghostbusters. I don't I don't either. I think it absolutely should stand on its own. Here's what I'm thinking about this. I have always wanted a movie franchise to do something like this, to just secretly just be like, pop, we did exactly what you wanted. But you're right. There is a little bit of like, well, shit. Like this is kind of like yeah. dogging on – um. Paul Feig and Kristen Wiig and Kate Melissa McKinnon and, yeah, and, and Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones. But uh, I was so I was reading this article and you can read about this. Um, I'm looking at two articles and one in Variety and one in uh, Entertainment Weekly. But um, the Entertainment Weekly one had a little more quotes from Jason Reitman who was kind of funny because when he first came out as a, a director in his own right, they would ask him this question like, do you think you would like remake your dad's Ghostbusters franchise? And, mm-hmm. and this article – about this movie, he was like, I think back then I said there'd be no bustin'. And when you read this article, he does kind of give a genuine sense that he really does love Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And he really loves the movie his dad made. My dad says you guys are full of crap. Jason, Well, gosh. some people have trouble believing in the paranormal. No, he just says you guys are full of crap and that's why you went out of business. Him talking about the movie jazzed me up more about doing this than the teaser despite i agree with you that it's like hey so we tried to do something new and you hated it so we're gonna go back and win your approval again by doing the exact fucking thing that you want us to do here's what i would challenge them to do like if it takes place in the same world then yeah have some of these characters come back as their characters but don't don't make it a thing, but within this world where you're like, okay, this isn't going to be some separate idea. It's going to be in this world where we know Ghostbusters exist. Just cast some women as – get some women busting ghosts. Right. I, what's funny is like Entertainment Weekly has learned exclusively that Jason Reitman will direct and co-write an upcoming film. Do they even have a script? What is – what are they – what did they but shoot this on? they've already announced – they've already announced right. the release date. What's a, a movie franchise that you wish this could have happened to without the controversy of the fact that like Ghostbusters has been – like let's pick a franchise where we're like yeah. this would be cool if tomorrow they were like yeah. guess what next year. I have it. OK. The Godfather series. <laughs> Godfather 3 oh is hot trash. Gosh. <laughs> It is I don't know what I was sour expecting taste. from you. It's a sour taste on two of the greatest films ever made. So that would be my answer. If you were expecting mm. more like science fiction-y answer, Back to the Future would be like the holy grail, I guess. Mm. If, if you could get Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox to do a movie and in secret they've just filmed another fourth installment. I don't know. but mm. What about Surf Ninjas? You've seen Surf Ninjas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Surf Ninjas is one of my favorite movies of all time. Why have we not done Surf Ninjas? Is this just coming out now? <laughs> On our birthday? On our one-year birthday? On this, the day of our birth. Well, you know what? There you go. That, yeah, I'm in with that. Okay, should we talk about the real news of the week? Yes. Which... <laughs> I'm totally aware is not exciting to really anybody but me. (laughs) But oh my gosh, guys. Today, the news broke that they are doing a Disney-backed live-action Hunchback of Notre Dame movie. Pause for effect. (laughs) It's a slow release of air. (laughs) I'm not shocked about this. This has been their, like main pipeline of movies for the last six years is remake the cartoons. But as we've discussed, there are certain cartoons that they have not touched and I think somewhat on purpose. Like the whole reason we did The Emperor's New Groove is because we were like this has not been announced and honestly it's probably not going to be remade. And I feel the same way about The Hunchback. I think it's a really dark story that would not shift well into necessarily a family-friendly live-action film. But I'm super excited about this. Um, Alan Minkin and Stephen Schwartz, who wrote all of the Disney greats, 
are coming back to write music. The guy who wrote Tarzan is going to write it. Phil Collins? <laughs> Phil Collins is in it? <laughs> Phil Collins, writer, director, star. Um, and they're taking inspiration from both the 1996 movie and the original book by Victor Hugo. They're not taking anything from the stage play, which is a damn shame because it is a masterpiece. So this is also going to be produced by Josh Gad, who there is rumored yes. to maybe be in the running for Quasimodo, but that's not confirmed or denied. Um, but would not be a bad choice. Probably a bad choice. No. I just – it's like what is what is Disney trying to do here? Torpedo, the, the, the Idris, Idris Elba-backed Elba Netflix series? DJed, inspired – yeah, Netflix series? No, I, seriously, I, I, I'm glad you're happy about this. It definitely looks like it's in the hands of a couple masters who who would kind of bring out a lot of great aspects of the very vision that you kind of want them to. I mean, the big selling point of the animated film is that the music is stunning. But like this is not the most surprising movie to pick. The really? most the most surprising movie that they would pick to make a live action version would be a goofy movie. That would be that would be but like no, holy shit. But they would never because Goofy is one of the There's like Because <laughs> Goofy Who owns another dog named Pluto. <laughs> what is happening? No one no one thinks about Don't this. Don't try either. to erase slavery from the history of America. L- this is a little thing about Pluto. <laughs> either Goofy is a man who uh-huh. owns a dog that looks like him or goofy is a man who owns another man and keeps him as a gimp (laughs) but pluto is a pluto like doesn't speak right he's a gimp goofy's no but like pluto's a dog he's got a dog brain and so then he just identically looks like it'd be like if you had a dog that had your exact face on it (laughs) wow you really cracked yourself up (laughs) Just, what kind of dog would I be I if I was know. a dog? I'm just imagining some like weird like Men in Black special effect, or <laughs> like Frank the Pug. Yeah. Um. Okay, goofy movie aside, which would actually translate really well. Just the fact that they tried to make a Broadway show that never got, really never got going. I think was seems like the final straw to me because I was like if you can't translate it into something that's got a wide enough audience then I think that would kill it but I don't know the point is nobody else is excited about this I'm very excited Josh about Josh Gad's this. excited about it Disney's um, excited about it hell and, I'm excited about it like all these remakes have been getting increasingly better so I, I'm I'm definitely excited about this I can't wait alright guys let's get into our recast of Anaconda Anacondas are a perfect killing machine they have heat sensors. A warm body like Mateo's in the water. Wasn't hard to find. Mm-hmm. They strike, wrap around you, hold you tighter than your true love, and you get the privilege of hearing your bones break before the power of the embrace causes your veins to explode. Now, Mateo's probably just lost. Oh, wake up! Anaconda, directed by Luis Yosa, Yosa, L L O S A. Uh, director of such movies as The Specialist and Fire on the Amazon. I've seen all those movies. <laughs> uh, stars Jennifer Lopez as Terry Flores, Ice Cube as Danny Rich, John Voight as Al Pacino as Scarface, as Paul Cerrone, Eric Stoltz as Dr. Stephen Kale, and Jonathan Hyde as Warren Westridge. Let's talk about the big anaconda in the room, John Voight. What the fuck <laughs> is going on with John Voight in this movie? He's from Paraguay. He's a priest from Paraguay <laughs> who sounds like he watched Al, every Al Pacino movie and was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And just like imitated the Scarface accent verbatim and <laughs> spends most of the movie either screaming at people or staring directly into the camera and kind of like giving like a lower lip kind of smuggy pirate look. His, his The faces he pulls are, I, I wish, maybe I'll post a bunch this week of just screenshots of his face because there are so many great moments that, wow, it's just hard to describe the level at which he's acting. <laughs> oh my gosh. the uh, When we first meet him and then they're out on the river and he is spearing fish. 
Fish river style. Guys, he's just a buck wild jungle man, and I I loved it, but also wanted to set my hair on fire. But <laughs> those are my initial thoughts. What about you? This was is this something that's been in your you know your Rolodex of movies that you kind of. Um, I have definitely seen this movie before. <clears throat> I I have fond memories of it being fun to watch, but wow, I missed a lot. I think it was one of those, like, I think I was remembering it the way I wanted to remember it and not the way it actually is. Because uh, there were moments of acting that were choices that did not make sense. <laughs> so. Okay. Let's start with <laughs> Terry Flores, played by Jennifer Lopez, a up-and-coming documentary filmmaker from USC, I believe. They dropped USC. Yeah, they went to USC. They went to the SC. I'm on board. You went to SC, right? I did go to SC. Boo. Chapman Panthers, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Uh, um, Why don't you go first then? Okay. Talk about Terry Flores. Um, I I really loved uh, Jennifer Lopez as an actress. I obviously have listened to her music my whole life. But I tend to think of her first as an actress. I think she's really enjoyable to watch. And I think it's movies like this that really launched her into being a household name as an actress because she's not – this isn't a difficult part necessarily. Like she – truly the person who is uh, doing the most is Paul Cerrone. Terry Flores is kind of ending up being a a background character. Um, But I would like to see her take a step up. The person I cast is someone that I have cast before, but in a much smaller part. And I really wanted to give her her due because I think she's fantastic. And now that we're seeing her in the trailer for her upcoming movie, Kicking Butt and Taking Names, I think she would be great at trying to kill a snake. And that's something I'm sure a lot of casting directors think (laughs) at some point in their career. I picked Gina Rodriguez. Girl, give it up. Yes. Yes. I had to watch a lot of Gina Rodriguez clips to to validate my to choice. Validate? But have you not seen Jane the Virgin? I have now. Or Deepwater Horizon. I watched uh, Annihilation. Ah, uh, I which is on Hulu. I need to watch it. I think you're right. This movie is essentially a hijacking movie where a mm-hmm. strange man hijacks a film crew and takes them down the dark waters of the the Amazon. Yes. This was all one big setup, huh, Mateo? You stranded the shipwreck boat. See, what you do is not so hard. I can trap a snake, too. And Terry is kind of like everyone kind of goes along with what he says because they can't fight back until the very end. They fight back. And I just kept thinking to myself, I need a crew that's way more capable than the people that are on this boat. Yeah. And she just seemed like the the equal amounts tough and equal amounts knowledgeable and capable of running a film crew, dealing with the logistics. First of all, the film crew has five people. Fire your producer. <laughs> You're going to need at least 10 to 20 people to get this movie made. Well, I feel like if they went to SC, this is literally how you make student movies. <laughs> one sound person, one camera person. Two grips that are also the sound team but also what is, what lovers is, <laughs> yeah what is denise she what did she say she is the assist she's not, she's the production manager she's the production manager and terry is supposed to be the producer director yes look at her okay so i built my cast around people who would have a little more knowledge of where they're going yeah i, I just sort of felt like they were just like they just landed there they've been there like a week and everyone just sort of seems lost Mm-hmm. And then they get out there and are completely bamboozled by this dude. And I just was like, I don't think that flies today. I think you need people who like maybe Terry is this isn't her first big break. Mm-hmm. This is maybe her second or third movie and would have studied up about like where she was. And I mean, to be a director, you kind of have to have kind of an ego and kind of a presence. Yeah. And I think that she just she has that. The direction, I think, really did her character wrong because she starts very much like this is my movie. 
nothing's going to get in the way of this. I'm here with like all these people who I love and trust and it's going to be great. And even when she's getting on the boat and, and Ice Cube is like, what about Kale? And she's like, I don't mix business with pleasure. And you're like, okay, this girl's like, she's doing it. Yeah. And then the second <clears throat> that he's like flailing in the water, she's like, oh my gosh, my baby. That's another thing. And I was like, come on, girl. You could you, this. you could have a relationship in this movie. You absolutely don't need a relationship in this movie. Do you mean b- both of them between Flores her? and Kale? You, you, I don't know. It, it, it seemed. It's not a necessary connection. It's really not. Family Lampira Day. On certain nights, they all gather in the same tree and use their light flashes to announce their readiness to mate. I like that. No pickup lines. No misunderstandings. Just instinct and nature. They could have generated this connection of, you know, she's the director who's helping this guy who knows a lot about this tribe and they're working together. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a romantic connection. Yeah. I, I'm going to talk about this more when we get to um, Dr. Stephen Kale. What a screenwriting name. <laughs> it's like I just see like writer eating salad. Dr. <laughs> Steve? Stephen Kale. Kale. Okay, Danny Rich, played by Ice Cube. I Okay, I love watching Ice Cube. He's obviously a movie star. Um, he is very charismatic. Similar to sort of J-Lo, it's like in 2019, it's harder to envision Ice Cube as more of a musician than an actor. Yeah. And I sort of had this thought when I was watching him. Uh-oh. Which was, I wonder if, maybe this did happen, but I thought that if an agent or manager went up to him and was like, Cube, they call him Cube. <laughs> We're going to hire you a trainer, like the best <laughs> trainer in all of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And we want you to just get ripped. Okay. I wonder if he would have become like a premier action star. Because for an okay. action star, it's like you have to have obviously talent to act. You have to have a a, a high level of charisma, a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I think Ice Cube has all of that. Yeah. I think, and I'm being 100% serious, I think he saw what it did to Dre and he said, I'm not going to be the buff one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true that like Dr. Dre suddenly just became like Got a neck jacked. and you're like, oh, yeah. Same thing with like Dave Chappelle, who's always been skinny. And then suddenly you're just like, wow, Which, you're a, good you're for a him. tank. Good for you if that's like what you want to do. <clears throat> But skinny Dave Chappelle. I'm. I know. Funnier. I'm. I'm just now getting getting used to ripped Dave Chappelle, and it's not. It's taken me a while. But I will say that is something that I. Now that you bring it up, that I respect about Ice Cube is that he is 100 percent himself. Truly, the industry has not changed him. He probably could have played a. He could be a much bigger star and not just secondary character in many of the films he's been in. But. That's not the game he's trying to play. Yeah. Um, Anyways. So that, interesting. Yeah, that was just a little thought I had on, on Ice Cube. Um, so, so you picked. Not his son. A jacked <laughs> no. monster of a human. I picked a uh, a person who I has just been in like. Well, she's been in a couple movies I watched recently. But she is fucking great. She. Yeah. So this is maybe where we diverge. Yeah. I picked Cynthia Erivo. Yes. I- oh my gosh. Why are we not talking about her so much? She's more? incredible. First of all, so I, much. More. I just saw Bad Times at the El, Ro- El Royale. She was fucking incredible in that. If and then- you only watch that movie for one reason, watch it so you can say you know why she's amazing. And then- she's incredible. She is. And then a week later, someone had a screener of Widows, and she's fucking awesome in that too. And the way that I saw this version of Danny. Um, because Terry and Danny are kind of like, they're kind of like friends from school. Mm-hmm. So I sort of saw them more as like a, as like a filmmaking team mm-hmm. and I wanted them to really, really have each other's backs. And I sort of like that idea of like these two women, um, you know, you know, it's not easy being a, a female filmmaker in Hollywood these days. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know about this dude. What choice do I have? So I was just like, yeah, yes. let's let's pair up two badass women, <laughs> put them on this boat and have them fight a snake and have it be one giant metaphor for – no, I'm just kidding. No, I just think that she's like 
I just <laughs> oh, it hit me. It hit me. <laughs> oh, no, no, you got oh, it got me. No, I just thought she was incredible. And oh. if you see Widow, she's like really tough, but also like she. I don't know. She's just like a great actress, and I and I just thought that like, um, I just want to see her more. I I think she should be in everything. So I was like, I'm gonna grab her. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get her before Kenna does. And you're gonna squeeze her tight like squeeze an anaconda. Yeah. Watch what she has fucking guns in that movie she does and when she runs i was like man to have that kind of like oomph um i think that's a really great choice and i'm a little sad i didn't think of it thank you it's a really really good one thank you um she's gonna be one of the greats unless we let her fall through the cracks like why i i people didn't love widows for some reason i liked it a lot i liked it a lot there were just so many i thought really wonderful choices made and I watch Widows, uh, but not after you're done listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay, so I went the more traditional route. I definitely did say going into my cast, I was like, I'm not going to change. Like, I want this to be pretty standard because something that's kind of cool about this movie is that it's very diverse and very just and and not in a not in a purposeful way necessarily. <clears throat> it's just very yeah. natural. And I was like, great, I'm not going to try to change that because. I just uh, want this movie to be very varied. Um, So I picked for my Danny, Winston Duke. Yeah. Star of, well, soon to be star of Jordan Peele. Us. Us. Minor-ish character in Black Panther. Minor, minor-ish character in Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Um, But seems to be... Very solid actor, and um, if you I have seen very much of him outside of, which we got a lot of when Black Panther came out, that cast was everywhere. Um, you saw a lot of his personality, and I thought he had a lot of charm and charisma, and I thought it would be very fascinating to um, to put him as a duo with Gina Rodriguez. He's great. Uh, I'm very excited to see us, because in like Black Panther... Black Panther, he's like the breakout kind of like, ooh, who's who's this? Like him and Letitia Wright, you're like, who are these who are these actors? <laughs> but us, it's really gonna be like equal parts him and Lupita Nyongo. And it's and I think that, you know, he's either gonna just become, you know, a guy that you're just gonna see in a lot of like different kind of eclectic movies, or maybe he does sort of rise to the like a more I don't know why I'm I'm like hungry for action stars. Like this is really strange, but like I think we're kind of in a in a dry spell for action stars. It's true. We don't have uh, we don't have very many of our own franchises to to start up. Like when you think about it, there are a lot of sort of <clears throat> crazy action movies that we're just putting old action stars yeah. in. We need some fresh meat. Need- <laughs> Let's not talk about actors as crops. <laughs> and and fresh meat it's just really it, it really bothers me but it, it, it's like it's because it's like as consumers we just consume them and then they die you don't <laughs> think about us... people as just pieces of flesh <laughs> am i alone here no but you should know who, i see somebody you, about that you know who does father paul Cerrone. father <laughs> played by john voigt padre Oh my god. Okay. Can okay. Just, this wh- this was my favorite fact I read in the uh trivia about the character of Paul Cerrone. They wanted to cast Jean Renault as Paul Cerrone. And honestly, man, I wish we could see that movie. The French actor? Yeah. From the professional? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been how fascinating would that movie have been? Yeah, of course. But you know what we got? <laughs> I started out studying for the priesthood, but then I needed to see the real world, so I ended up in the jungle. I seem to fit. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, the obvious whitewashing aside of who what's supposed to be a Paraguayan, Paraguayan, Paraguayan. Yeah. Former priest turned sociopath snake hunter. John Voight just makes even more wild choices (laughs) to this character that don't really make sense. 
And I don't I know how to explain say, them to the audience because they're really just like a lot of facial expressions and ticks that he has. I would say he's in a completely different movie from everyone else, but I don't know if that's true. I think he they're all in the same movie, but nobody was prepared. Like nobody else knew what he was going to come to set with. And he showed up. Do you think any of the other Latin American actors were just like, you got to be kidding me with this, right? Like, you know, think J-Lo like went to a producer and was like, <clears throat> um, this is He's supposed to be. <laughs> that aside, because it's one thing for a white actor to do an accent. Okay. That's offensive and not okay. But then he takes it to the next level. Um, it's caricature. It is a caricature. But of what? Al Pacino. <laughs> Another uh, white actor playing a... There's Okay, I, I, I'm joking about this, but there really seems like there was a bet. Like there was some sports game that he lost and Al Pacino was like, your next movie, you have to do my Scarface voice. I'll say this. I think John Voight is a really great actor because there are movies where you see him and he's great. National Treasure. Yes. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. Um, What was that movie called where he's in a wheelchair and Jane Fonda's in it? I don't know. Coming coming Home? Mm. Anyway, he's great. And so I look at that and I think, okay, beginning of the career, great. Uh, later in career, great. 1997 what happened <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe you know angelina had just done like hackers and he <laughs> saw that and he just got really shook up and he's like i i gotta do something to erase the memory of like my topless daughter or something like that was she topless in hackers i know I she went know. topless like very late in the 90s who knows okay you're up <laughs> Um, okay, so here were my prerequisites for Paul Cerrone. Um, He needed to be foreign in some way, not mm-hmm. necessarily Latin American, but foreign in some way, and utterly insane. A little bit scary. I picked, and I reserved the right to use him later in a much better part, but I couldn't stop thinking about him for this. I picked Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, that? Okay, I love Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. I like that pick. Um, I, I just didn't expect you to pick him. Yeah. <laughs> he, here's the thing. <clears throat> he's crazy in a different way. Yes. He's like, if you haven't seen Hannibal, the TV show, oh my God, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But he's very more, he's like, much, by now you've seen Mads Mikkelsen, Rogue One, Doctor Strange. He's a villain in almost any. Casino movie. Royale. Casino Royale. He's very calculating. He's yeah. very quiet. That is a far cry from this version. But it's good. But I can also see him fully cutting loose. Yeah. I definitely follow a Twitter account called Mads Mikkelsen doing things. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) So for example. (laughs) And it'll be like, I don't know, Mads Mikkelsen wearing a vest. And it's like a gif of him wearing a vest. (laughs) Just to get your daily Mads in there. I don't create it. I just follow it. That's great. Um, And I feel like through this, I just have a healthy appreciation for the whimsy that is him. Yeah. Um, And I think think if you told him you are going to be this insane, which arguably, if if he wasn't so crazy, I think we would look at the character that John Voight's playing, uh, who very much has things planned out in a strange way. I think we would see him as much more calculated. But I think if you were just like, eh. Turn it up to an 11. He would be like, okay. I love I love that pick because I love him. All your criteria is exactly what I went through to pick my Paul Cerrone. Okay. Um, I also picked a different Bond villain, though. <gasps> I picked Javier Bardem. Ooh, that's a good one. Mainly the faces. The, and again, <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. You're not going to be able to – I can't play clips of someone's face. But um, – Javier Bardem has maybe one of the scariest faces when he wants to be scary. When he, yeah, he can be goofy, but he can also yeah. be scary. Um, and I, I needed that. I wanted that cranked up even more. I, I wanted, I wanted Paul to still be as fucking crazy <laughs> as, as he is in this. 
Um, I wanted him basically to be like the Joker on a, on a riverboat. <laughs> I have to wake up. Monkey blood. Don't get me upset. <laughs> Which is the movie I'd watch. <laughs> so, that's, so that's why I went with Javier Bardem. And I don't know if we need to talk about Javier Bardem in length, but... He's uh, incredible. Yeah. I, I I like that choice, though, because he definitely also... He's an incredible actor, but he can 100% crank up the crazy. <laughs> I mean, there are parts of Skyfall where you're like, what is happening? Yeah. When they, like, sort of reveal that he's a gay villain, you're like, what? <laughs> I know the, the think the the homoerotic scene that launched a thousand think pieces. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Doctor Stephen Kale, played by Eric Stoltz. Who? <laughs> okay, I have a lot of issues with this character, mainly Eric Stoltz. But oh, what's your problem with Eric Stoltz? I would love to know. I don't know what it is. There's a certain vibe i get from his performances it's like he walks through his scenes like he knows he's nailing it and he's not there's just something where i just don't like you just don't think he's as good as he thinks i don't find him engaging in any Mm. way interesting anyways but in terms of the character dr stephen kale i think eric stoltz just read to me like this man has never been to a jungle before Mm -hmm. and so i wanted someone who who looked like he had like weathered this this kind of terrain before and I, i heard a term a writing term this week that was like they have the map of the world on their face. I was like, that's a great term. I'm going to steal that. That is good. Um, so I wanted someone like that who was just like, yeah, he's probably been a lot of places. He's probably been sick a lot. He's probably like jumped off things and like really like searched the world. And is sort of someone who really knows a lot about what's going on, but who can also be a partner. And I use the word partner in its sort of literal definition not not its romantic definition mm-hmm. to terry because i like that idea that what we were talking about earlier that they're just maybe i don't like the romance in this movie so i kind of threw that away like okay. if it happens if the actors had natural chemistry then i'd be like okay we'll keep it in maybe maybe there'll be something in there but rather just have them two people who are passionate about this one thing that they want to film like this the hidden village in the amazon mm-hmm. and that's what sort of brings them together that's what they really are there to do the love story isn't between two people it's between two people and the jungle it's almost like the jungle is a character you know what i mean yeah mm, i do get what you mean <laughs> usc the location <laughs> the location is is a character okay. in the movie um i ended up going with edgar ramirez from american crime story great choice and um weirdly one of the one of the only things i've seen him in was netflix's bright which i actually liked even though I liked it for what it was. It was a Christmas time movie that I didn't have to pay have attention to, to. You don't have to defend <laughs> it. But um, what else was he in? Um, the Point Break remake, I guess. But um, This is weird, but he was in Deliver Us From Evil, that Eric Bana horror movie also featuring oh, yeah, he was Joel a, McHale. He was a priest, wasn't he? Yes, and he was great in it. And nobody should ever watch that movie. Um, yeah, just, he's great. I just thought he like, and again, not to Tinder cast this, but he has such a ruggedness to him. But he, yeah. But I think that's important to a character's quality, mm-hmm. and so that's why I, that's why he topped a couple other Latin American actors because I, I was also like, this dude cannot like I don't want to see a white dude here because mm. um, I think it made more sense for maybe someone who was from the area or who grew up at least on the continent. You know what I mean? Like the character should be like, when he's talking about like the legends to be like, oh no no no! I know he can like look at Saron and be like, oh I know. Once you pass those guardians, you travel through the land of the Shir Shama until you come to a wall so high, lights out the. Follow sun. that wall for five days, finally reaching its end, the head of a giant anaconda. Beautiful legend. I believe, however, it's a legend of the Maku. Yeah, I'd, like I don't want him to be like a Yale grad. Who just sort of shows up with his degree? I mean, he could be a Yale he could guy. be. Let's not put people in a box. True. All right. Um, I agree one hundred percent with everything you said. I think this person just has to be more like, um, less like a like an academic doctor and more like a Nat Geo photographer. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And in all honesty, I don't think I minded the romantic storyline. I wish it was just written a little better. I don't know who you're kidding, thinking Gina Rodriguez and Edgar Ramirez wouldn't just be throwing sparks (laughs) off this boat. And I've sort of put my actor in the same position. I don't think I don't think there wouldn't be chemistry here because I cast Oscar Isaac. (laughs) Happy beeps, buddy. Happy beeps here, buddy. Come on. What's the count now? I've used one, you've for used me, one. Yeah, for this year, we've each used, used one. one. So we're down to two each. My goal is for us to do it at the same time. <laughs> um, really, guys, this is really just about the math now. So just <laughs> settle into images of Oscar Isaac dancing in your head. What's a shame with you picking him for this movie is that Dr. Kale, I can't get over the name, but Dr. Kale is incapacitated for I would say a significant amount of this movie maybe like a little less than half of the movie right that's a shame but I mean I'll take any Oscar Isaac right one down for each two more to go Ooh, it's exciting guys (laughs) let's move on to Warren Westridge played by Jonathan Hyde um a great character actor who unfortunately we lost a couple years ago but um Mm -hmm. a lot of 90s kids will know him as the dad from Jumanji and of course, it's Hashtag kind of 90s kids, 90s kids, and the mummy, the mummy. He's he might be my favorite character in this. I mean, Paul Cerrone is on a whole tier of its own, as we just learned watching. But he like oh, wake up. But, but he's you know, I, I love I love any character that's just like wildly uncomfortable, like flashes of. Is it was he an accountant like the accountant in Jurassic Park who gets eaten in the porta potty? Yeah, yeah. And he well, shows up and you're like, he's definitely gonna die i thought he's gonna die first here's the thing is uh he does he makes it very far he makes it very far i think the most interesting thing is that every person in this movie is dressed like a jungle cruise skipper and (laughs) and him you know he's the least experienced because he looks more so than anyone else like he's here for a safari you stir this in my room will you excuse me I'm not the bellhop, I'm the production manager. Then surely you can manage my things into my room. This one was actually really tough, I think, because mm-hmm. I wanted to cast someone whose voice is so incredible that I was like, it's got to be him. But I have cast him before in a pretty big part, and I didn't really want to do it again, even though he's great. Um, so I decided to age down this character just a little bit, and I wanted to think of him less as like a like a David Attenborough type and more of a like wannabe bear grills. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, who is like the the host extraordinaire? I picked Dominic West. Mmm. Pretty boy Dominic West, the preacher, right? Uh what? No, 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 no. That's Dominic. No, that's Dominic Cooper. Cooper. Dominic West. Dominic West of uh Lord the, of the Affair. Rings? What? What? <laughs> West. Just Google it, I think Brian. Dominic Monaghan oh, is in Lord of the Rings. Dominic West. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in the new Tomb Raider movie. That I know. Yeah, that's that's what he's most known for. The Wire, Um, The Wire is the big one. But yeah, he has been in a ton of movies, everything from Chicago to 300. The man is very versatile. Um, oh, he was in Star Wars Episode One. He was? Yeah, what the fuck? I'm what actually, the fuck? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm actually listening to a podcast uh, about the Phantom Menace, and it's very fascinating. Um, you have a lot of uh, eye, lady eye candy on your boat. Whatever. <laughs> if pe- if people haven't figured me out by now, <laughs> there's no hope. Um, yeah, he – okay, so um, he's the kind of actor who always kind of pops up and stuff that I watch, but um, – Dominic West, I think, is a great choice. I think mm-hmm. he's he's definitely someone that like what's what's funny about this movie is like I feel like there's places in this movie where you can fit people that you believe will be heroes to stand up to Cerrone. Yeah. And casting someone like Dominic West sort of felt like it it does it changes the idea of like Westridge becoming like an unlikely hero at the end. Asshole in one. Shall I hit him again to make sure? No, let's throw him in the rip. Haven't we had enough of that? 
fucking shame to say I rock enjoyed it. Because Dominic West is kind of a very capable man. Mm-hmm. But I like I like the idea of like setting him up to be like more of like a kind of Bear Grylls modern take on like someone who would actually go to these places and like be a host of this. But isn't it kind of funny to think <clears> of like uh, when we first see the character of him being like, oh, all my bags and somebody please take them. And and then the second the camera turns on, he's like rugged jungle man. Yeah. And we get that like dichotomy of that. that he's not really. Yeah, like that. That's funny. Uh, Thank you. I'll start writing immediately. I went the opposite way. I really wanted to just stick to like a classically trained English actor who who seemed like he was on the tail end of his career. And this is just like the job. Mm-hmm. The only jobs he could get is like <laughs> traveling far away huh. from like L.A. and London and New York to like ride a jungle boat to places that would just like eat <laughs> like bugs would eat him alive. But who would have to also have like kind of a pretty recognizable voice and could mm-hmm. be kind of. Moments of humor, but also moments of like, because Westridge at times sides with Sarone, you know, as someone who's like, he's really a realist. He's like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to die out here, blow up the fucking dam or whatever it is. Um, I ended up picking Hugh Laurie. Okay. I like that kind of imagery on the boat. So that's why I kind of kept it to what it was. He's a little older than Jonathan Hyde is. But um, and he's got that like comedic flair that would be kind of fun. Yeah. But I think he could also turn to anger like really quick. Like yeah. Westridge kind of does like, you know, the heat gets to him and he's just like, everyone just wake up. Like we're fucked. You <laughs> no, know, that's I mean? not what he says. He says, wake up. <laughs> there is a big old snake on the boat and we need to find it. What happened in this movie? <laughs> Again, There's not a snake on no. the boat. At one point, there are many snakes on the boat and I almost had a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, should we get to Barry Pepper? <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> here's the problem with casting Barry Pepper. There are ten characters, ten characters in this movie, so who do you got? Well, I looked up on IMDb. Uh-huh. And I looked at all the people credited. Okay. And I found the one place <laughs> that I knew I had to put him. Okay. Which was the voice of the anaconda. <laughs> Because he does no. not belong on the boat. If I had to, it would be Mateo the captain or maybe um, Danny Trejo in the beginning who like blows mm. his brains out. But I just like it funny that it's like, Barry, we're going to come in. You're going to have you come in here, read some lines. Uh, actually, there are no lines. Actually, we just need you to make big old animal noises. You're a giant 100-foot anaconda snake. Go. <laughs> anaconda and he's just like, snake. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, who'd, you, who'd you put him as? Mateo. Yeah. I mean, he's the only other <laughs> guy in the boat. Mateo gets it's, it. It's either Mateo, Danny Trejo's character, or the snake. Or I guess Owen Wilson, but he's too old to be Owen Wilson's yeah. character. Mm-mm. Owen Wilson should just play Owen Wilson again. <clears throat> it's true. Owen Wilson's turn in the movie is a little incomprehensible. Like, we get a very short clip of, of Sarone trying to, like, be like, uh, you're on my side, right? And then in the next scene, he is fully turned against the entire right. team. Uh, you know, the way I figure, with Kale messed up, I mean, the movie's off. Why not salvage something? You know, let's film Sarone capturing a big snake. Have you lost your mind? Have I lost my mind? No, I haven't lost my mind. If anything, I'm completely lucid right now. I think it's you guys who need to open up your eyes. And they don't set up that, like, he needs money in any way. Because Sarone's like, that, like, if we get this snake, that means millions of dollars, and I will split it with you. But there's no, like, setup that Owen Wilson's character, like, needs money, is, yeah. like, greedy in any way. Um, like, if it was, like, oh, he wants to marry his girlfriend, but he doesn't have money for a ring. Like, this could set up their life. Like, blah, 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 blah. Then I'd be, like, okay, maybe. But you're right. And as soon as he turns, he's, like, a thousand percent evil. He's almost like Sarone's little henchman. Yeah. And he completely turns on people I'm assuming he's worked with for years and, like, has developed relationships with. And they immediately have to kill him because otherwise what are they going to do like what is it what is he going to he can't it just doesn't make sense he can't turn back also this movie has the audacity to start with a scroll of information about anacondas that i don't think is true (laughs) did you fact check any of them um none of the direct 
facts, but I, I did look up some anaconda facts to see, uh, like they are, they can be up to 30 feet long. This website says like a school bus and weigh up to 550 pounds, like 11 children. (laughs) (laughs) What website is this? (laughs) Um, they hunt on the ground and in water. It can stay underwater for 10 minutes. But some of the scroll is like... They eat fish, turtles, caimans, capybaras, pigs, jaguars, and deer. So the jaguar moment, very real. If they eat pigs and deer, they'd eat a human. But like, wasn't the scroll had like something about like human sacrifices too? Like it was like religious. It also said that a... Uh, that this is what I do remember. It also says that anacondas have been known to like regurgitate what they've just eaten just so they can kill again, which does not make sense. Don't they just like digest like slowly? Yes. Like all snakes, like they usually eat things that are much larger than them and it takes them a long time to digest the food. If you are listening (laughs) and you are a master's degree or higher in biology, specifically snake biology, Hit us up. Let us know how accurate these snake facts are. Oh, what? You got one? Uh, April and May are reserved for mating. Six months later, female anaconda give birth to 20 to 40 (laughs) young anacondas. Babies are two feet long (laughs) and capable of individual life from the moment they're born. So baby anacondas are fully ready to murder you. (laughs) Fresh out the womb. Okay, let's end on a happier note. Not a happier note, a confusing note. Does Ice Cube listen to Ice Cube in the movie? Yeah, at one point he also says, it's a good day. That's right. Like, This is the shit that bothers me about movies. That made me mad. I was like, why do we got to be like this? It's like in The Last Creed, I think they played the Rocky music at some point. And I was like, does that song exist in the movie? (laughs) Did someone write that and then... This is this drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a little weird. Anything else? No, I think we have exhausted everything we could talk about. I think we went down the river on this one, (laughs) if I can use the term. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week on our birthday episode. Happy birthday! Happy birthday of the boot. I hope you like this episode. I hope you please rate and subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. Please tell your friends. Check out our past episodes and keep listening for next week for a brand new movie. Kenna, obviously I just said a lot of stuff, but where can we turn thoughts into actions online? (laughs) You can download this podcast and or subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately as individuals because Brian has been eaten by a snake and spit back up because it was hungry for more at Kenna Trent and at Flimby. Alright guys, we'll see you next time. Babies. Come on, babies. Come on. Thank you, mama. <laughs>